0: Hello and welcome to another podcast from The Practical Medium, and I'm Michelle, your practical medium, accompanied as usual by our trusty heater, because it's winter time. It's like, it's, we're getting to the end of it, but it's still cold up here. Anyhoodle. Um, to uh, get into tonight's topic, because I have a feeling I'm going to go quite a longer time than usual on this, um, because there's a lot of material to cover but as i mentioned in my last podcast that i was going to talk about uh life contracts and what it really does come down to is that there is no other good words in any language that i could come up with to describe this it's not a phenomenon it's part of our raison d'etre raison d'etre reason to be and i gotta get my french pronunciation right don't you know um so, the um, what I call the meaning of life, the, the our our con our life contract, or what I call the life contract and the meaning of life, well, that's just like your opinion, man. But it's to me one of the driving factors to um, our existence in this realm, planet, density, what have you. Um, and it is a driving force for why we do the things we do, why we meet the people we meet, and um, you know, achieve the things that we feel we need to achieve and do. And um, good, bad, the ugly, everything in between. It, it's all part of our contracts. Um, it's roles that we need to play with one another, and um, it's things we feel like we haven't had experienced before, so we want to experience them now. And the physical density that, uh, of the, our physical density and our ability to get deep emotionally when we're human um, and reach these lows and reach these highs is very unique to being physical and being human. And um, the, um, um, so we do it best when we can plan it out before, plan it, not plan it, uh, plan it out before we incarnate. And um, we make the most out of our time. And we do the things that we came, we get things done that we came here to cut, get done. So on that note, before I start rolling over myself again, I am going to get myself comfortable in my chair. Because I realized I'm sitting too far forward in it, and I'm going to be here for a little while. There we go, that's better. And um, I'm also going to get back uh, personal, some personal stuff between Ken and I. And I probably haven't really talked in depth about that for a while. But because I have um, had existences with him since, and I shit you not, back to the Roman times. Um, and maybe even further, I just haven't uncovered it yet. But um, I know what his lives were during Rom- the Roman period, and I know what our lives were during the Roman period. And that's. I'll talk about that in maybe in another past life type podcast. But for now this is just to give you a general idea and i know it sounds freaking wacky as heck that i'm talking about my god i have been with ken in various incarnations for thousands and thousands of years i'm not unique we're not unique and neither are you in that regard because many people have come through quite a few times and um you know they they it it, you know you have hundred, you can have two three hundred years between incarnations so in that regard, um, I'm just bringing this in as an example to help people understand how it works in life contracts and how they, you know, their progression of something that we do time and time again and um, how we do it over, you know, the millennia because we, when we come here to physically live, Um, majority of us live anywhere from half a century to almost a full century. That's a long life. That's a long time to live. That's a long time to have an existence, even though it goes by fast. Um, and I will not deny that myself, but it is a lot of time to get as much experience in as we possibly can before we are unable to. And, um, So to keep going back around on the, um, the merry-go-round of incarnation without a break in between that, you you, you kind of get worn out. You don't get what you need to get done and you miss people that have also incarnated. You miss seeing them come home and enjoying them and relaxing and saying, okay, it's enough. Let's got to fill this tick, check these boxes and get these things done. And, um, Blah 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 blah. You know, so we come back a couple you know a couple hundred years or three hundred years, four hundred years can pass before we rejoin the physical for go rounds. And actually, now when you uh, now I'm being put in my head because I'm I'm, my mind is open and the flow is coming. The younger your soul is, the more frequently you incarnate. So if somebody has told you that you are a young soul, um, you will have incarnated more recently. than somebody who's been around, like me, who's been around the block quite a few times and is slowing down and not needing the experience like I once did. And being the teacher is not, my, my ability to teach, um, apart from what I'm doing here, really is just, I've got nothing more to offer after this life or who knows. And it just will eventually come down to a point where, you know, I don't want to come back anymore. I want to stay home. Because while this is home, there's a big, there's an even better home. And people who astral travel will report a feeling like they're home when they're traveling, as opposed to this being home. So it's another sticky wicket that I can cover at some point about describing that. But I'm going to stick to the life contract uh, for this one, by and large, to explain how it works, what we do, and why we do it, and how we do it according to a plan. And I'll tell you one thing, nobody is, before I even get started on this plan, nobody has any control over the plan except yourself. Seriously. Free will. Free will is a thing. Free will is a thing when it comes to the life contract. You, when you decide to make the, when you make the decision to incarnate, okay, you write out this life contract and you go back over the things you have done throughout your past lives and you go, well, okay, I need to get this fulfilled. I need to get this experience. And now we don't experience everything there is to experience in the world. It's just, would be too exhausting and take too long. But we have things that we feel we need to fulfill ourselves and to expand upon our own consciousness and make, um, get as much out of this existence as possible because it's a launching point. What we learn here, we take elsewhere. So even, uh, there are many things, i don't know how many souls i couldn't give you a number uh somebody's saying billions and but then they go carl sagan go billions and billions i don't know if they're being a smart ass or not it's uh probably ken i'm not paying attention to him anyway so but there are lots and lots of you know untold numbers of souls that have left this galaxy this orbit what have you and they have you know they're somewhere in another another existence because the universe is infinite just as we are, and there's lots of things to do and explore. It's just that Earth is a really good, uh, you know, playpen, as strange as that sounds, to, to work from. So in that regard, that's why we're here. And we come here to, we, we work out a plan, and we live to that plan as best we can. And, uh, you know, when we pass, we do the review, the life review, as it's called, and look back and see what we did. And how much of the contract did we hit? Did we get? You know, it's so. This is why I'm saying it's not a contract in the sense of something written in stone. But there is no other really good word or phrasing. If somebody can come up with something, please let me know uh, to describe what this is all about. So I'm going to start with the nitty-gritties and get down to the oh, how would I say it? The basics of the or the contract. So now imagine. And you're on the other side you're not physical anymore but there's an opportunity that's been give, that's been put your way to say hey you know uh there's an opening here and you've got some stuff that can be really beneficial to the living so do you want to you, you want to come around come on over and uh you know and do your thing and uh what you know and then you get to ask the question what are you missing what don't you not what don't you haven't you done you, you know let's let's throw something let's throw a sweetener into the contract here so, you'll, and I'm I'm being a little facetious here, and, uh, but it's just, you know, that's basically it. It's not written, it's just like, we have an opening for you, or you are needed, or, you know, there's an opportunity, and you need to take it, because this is a great opportunity to get this done. There's any number of reasons why you've been asked to incarnate. And sometimes you don't even, you're not even asked, you just go, okay, I'm ready, and boom, you incarnate. It really is something sometimes like that. There's nothing written in stone here. Anything I say, there will always be an alternate description to, or somebody will say the same thing in a slightly different way. But it all will come down to this, the fact that yeah, we have life contracts. So you take a look around you as you're writing your contract. And then think of like a Mad Libs thing where you fill in the blank, if you, if you'd like. And you go okay. Well, I want to. I, I don't want to be here for long, or I want to be here for as long as I possibly can, or I've. You know, it's like this needs to be a short run because I've had enough, and I don't want to be here for any more than fifty years because that's. I know that's enough time to get shit done. Yeah, you know, there's um, there's any number of things, any, any number of ways. So you start there by saying how long you want to live. So you say okay. So I have that parameter in place. So how? What do I want to do? when I get there? What do I want to be when I get there? So you put in these things of, in one life you were you were poor, another life you just want, and so in the next life you'd like to be comfortable. You're not looking for billions and billions of dollars like a lot of people currently are. But um, you'd like to have a, wealth, a life where you were not so, um, how would I put it, beleaguered in the wallet. So you say, okay, I'd like to be wealthy. To a degree. I don't want to live the life of the 1%, but I would like to have money. So, you find, you know, so that literally does go in your contract. Doesn't mean that it will actually happen, but you increase your chances by saying, this is how I want to live my life. So, again, not written in stone. Um, And I am flowing right now, just to to remind you all that not coming from my own mind. This is coming from other through Ken. So, um... So that is your next step, is that you say, okay, this is the kind of life I want to live. And then you go back and you dial it in a little further. Who wants to go with me? Or who's going and who should I hook up with and who should I see and what should I do? So this is the point where you start thinking about your relationships. Um, Now, um, and I will explain this about Ken and I, because he and I were about a little more than 10 years apart in age. So you would think that you'd want to be closer in age to hook up with your soulmate, but not necessarily. And again, I will make that a separate section in the podcast about how it worked for us. Anyway, back to the relationships. When you incarnate, you tend to incarnate in soul groups. A bunch of people also come with you because God knows we don't want to do this alone. Because, And even in a hitchhiker's guide, he didn't do it alone and he even had his towel. So you figure out who your metaphorical towel is and um, you say, hey, you want to come with? And sometimes they're like, sure. And sometimes they're like, nah, you go. It's your turn. I have to do this alone without me. And you're like, okay. And you're like, you don't say no because it's just, you know, the opportunity to incarnate is too good to pass up. So you say, I'm coming through. Choo-choo, here I am. And um, so these are basic elements you you agree with people to to meet up at some point in life not everybody you meet in life is somebody you've agreed to but if you feel a deeper connection with somebody than you would with other people yeah there's most very likely a uh, you know an agreement and a soul contract there to connect with them in life and um i have actually seen a, a soul person in the flesh soul soul person soul group in the flesh and it was interesting and i'll get i'll, I'll also talk about that but, uh, so now we've got the basics down and the whole contract, you know, he's just like, it's okay. All right, cool. Cool beans. Cool beans. We got it all going. Okay. All right, so let's go and get born, you know, and let's find somebody to give birth to us. And boom, we find that person. We do pick our parents too. Um, we do pick the people we want to be with. And it might be surprising, especially if somebody's had a lousy childhood and lousy parenting and lousy people that they're, that their family. It's because that, In this old contract, you decided, I have never experienced a crappy family. And you know what? I need that. I need that to be part of my bigger compendium of experience. So I'm going to do it. I know it's going to suck. I know it's going to suck hard. And it's not going to be good. But there's always the opportunity to improve upon it later in life, like past teenagehood and into early adulthood. So that's not too long to get through. That doesn't take long to get through that, that, that stage of life. So, okay, fine. I'll do it. So people do actually agree to do things that seem like you wouldn't want to. Because, you know, like, hey, you've got the opportunity to write your life and you should make it perfect. Well, perfection doesn't always happen. And you don't always do the things that you think you're going to do when, when you write the life contract. Because variables change all the time. And again, I will get back to that. Um, So, but if you, but some things can be predict, can be written into an experience with certainty, and that includes purposely picking people that will give you a very good life, an average life, or a shitty life, because again, these are things that you felt deep in your heart that you needed it, and so. You might look at that as an opportunity, as a get out of jail early card, because you're living with somebody who's just such a who who wants to feel experience. Oh, I kid you not, the, the what it feels like to kill somebody. So you know that when you sign up for that, that oh wait yeah, so I won't have to stick around for a hell of a long time, because this person will do this for me. Sweet. So you do it. Fully for now, you don't necessarily fully forget. You just forget how about the depth of the impact, or you you know that the depth of the impact is going to suck. But it's something that you've been wanting to experience, they've been wanting to experience, and you both understand what you're undertaking, and so you sign up for it, and these the events happen. Now, murder is not necessarily always contracted. Um, before that gets, before you start questioning that, not every murder is contracted. Um, not everything goes the way it should because something else has come into play that, that says you need to stay here longer because, uh, we've had a talk, you and I, and you're not quite getting what you need to get done. So, you know, uh, you're not getting murdered right now. Yeah. And the other side really can. And if you've listened to, um, the podcast where I talk about how my neighbor was had an, a life extension of about three months, you know, it, it's very possible I've seen it happen, and it's happened more than once than I know of. So it so these things change. the 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 contract is is in life, in physical life, in this world, almost all contracts are changeable as long as both parties agree. And when you are uh, your your higher self, which is something I don't really address because the higher self is yourself. It's just part of yourself that you don't have conscious contact with, even though it is your own self. It's the part of you that says, oh, shit, things aren't going right. So great, we got to change this. And so you'll go back every once in a while. You'll check out the contract that you've written and you'll say, no, I need to change this. So you do. That is uh, that is evidenced by people who are going down uh, the tubes and all of a sudden get a hand offered to them and their life becomes wonderful, or somebody who had a great life and had everything handed to them on a the silver platter goes down the shitter because they haven't had because that wasn't how things were supposed to progress or they felt it was a time to to pull the plug on that and you know become something else any number of reasons i mean they're they're infinite i'm just trying to give an insight and not necessarily say that you know these concepts apply to every little ass thing about life but they're just general principles they're always changeable you can always change them and um there comes a point where sometimes yep it's done and done and gone so gone being dead it's not it it, again i know i keep saying that but, sorry, I had to undo something. Um, the whole thing is, you come to get your experience. And you make sure that you get it to the best of your ability. And if it's not going right, you can always change it. Um, free will is a thing, again. And that is a free will thing, changing your own contract. The contract you make is with yourself, actually. It's, and it is with other people that you do make it but it doesn't necessarily you can't be held and bound by it no contract can be bound to anybody can be held it's like so here in this realm if i were to write a legal contract with somebody and we both sign it we both have to adhere to the terms of the contract the spiritual contract the life contract soul contract no there's no there's no need to bind it's just a general guideline and when you make these statements before you incarnate that I really need to do this, then you make it more likely, not, not written in stone again, but you make it more likely that you will experience this stuff in your lifetime. So it's just, it's just more along the lines of it's a, it's a guideline. But it's a contract with yourself. It's a contract. We, you know, we make contracts with ourselves all the time by saying, I'm going to go out and lose 50 pounds this year. I'm going to go out and find a job that pays me more money. I'm going to go out and improve my lot in life. And it's because you decided that you want to, and it becomes part of your overall goal. And it does actually become part of your contract. And sometimes you do it on the higher self side. Sometimes you do it on this side. But it is, you know, it's like you put your feet towards this and, you know, you will do your damnedest. But maybe, just maybe, you decide somewhere along the lines of, well, I've had success in other lives, and to repeat that success doesn't prom- doesn't push me further, doesn't promote myself better, doesn't doesn't fill that part of me out that needs to experience this. So guess what? I'll sabotage myself. And we, I'm sure we've all seen known people, and I certainly have, that you know, self-sabotage themselves all the time, and you wonder why, and it's because they're part of their themselves that they're not aware of is saying, you know. This is too good to be true, and or not necessarily too good to be true, but we've done this before. We do this again, we're going to pretty much have to come back and play this shit out again because we came here to do this experience. We're not doing it, so we need to make sure we do it. And people do it. And again, um, it's not written in stone. Sometimes somebody's you can make up your mind to say, you know, nah. Enough's enough. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm stepping myself down into this. I don't like it. I can change it. You can do this consciously. You can do this subconsciously. And you just, it, it's just any way you want to do it, however you want to do it, it, you can, you can do it. There is nobody saying, no, you cannot. So, and that's the thing I think with the com- the comparison, What um, what the difference is between this side of the fence and the other side of the fence is... Both sides have rules. We just make them a lot more binding on this side than we do on the other side. So, and we have much deeper rules and very, very, and fewer rules on the other side than we do on this side as well. And this is part of the reason why we do this life contract stuff is to make sure we follow our own self-appointed rules. So when we do that, we go back home, a much more fulfilled individual, uh, one that has gotten the experience we need, and one that's filled out the bucket list and checked off everything on that list while we we're alive. And um, we've done what we need to do. Some of us, you know, and, and I will not say that I will not say that everybody gets to do their life contract and fulfill it. Um, it happens. Sometimes it is actually our experience to have our life contract thwarted. And, you know, not live the life that we thought we were going to live. It really can happen. But it's just, again, something very different for everybody. And if you were to sit and meditate and think deep into yourself, you'd probably be able to figure out a lot of what drives you is part of your life contract and part of what your experience for this world is. You know, and sometimes it seems a little too simple, but it really isn't because it really is it's who you are it's what you came to do and it's what you want to do and it's um it's it's just ingrained in you it's part of it's just you know i don't know how what others say to say it but it's deep seated into your own personal fabric so that's how the life contract works in that regards so on the note and i'm saying so too many times in too short of a period and that drives me nuts because i'm a, a linguist don't you know um In the English language, anyway. Uh, So, here we go with um, the personal aspect of things with Ken and I. Um, And there's also an NDE in here, a near-death experience for him. That might be of interest uh, to some. Now, I'm going to go back to the fact that he and I were 11 years apart, thereabouts, in age. Actually, a little more now that I think about it. (sighs) God. Um, but when we met, we were both way more mature in our ages and experiences. So 11 years didn't feel like anything different in terms of the flexibility, in terms of how we thought. When we first met, we got along like a freaking house on fire. You know, no two ways about it. We were just like so happy just to be hanging out and bullshitting in each, each other's company. And um, it just felt good and it felt right. And it led on from there. And if you've listened to that podcast, you kind of get the idea of how that life that, that relationship progressed. But ultimately, um, he decided before he incarnated that, one, he wasn't going to be... We, we were soulmates. Yes, we are soulmates. But this was the life that we were not going to be together because our previous life together was so perfect. And I kid you not. It was so perfect that we needed discord instead of a court in our relationship so he came first he found somebody else um and i came first i found somebody else uh and uh, we eventually met when things were falling apart for both of us so we had gone through the relationship experience we had not we did we we knew how to hand be around with be around each other and how to you know, basically, as he'll say, not get on each other's tits so much. Um, so, there's an in joke there. Sorry, uh, one I will keep private. So, but um, just trust me, there's an in joke on tits. Uh, anyway, um, so here's an interesting thing. I grew up in a suburb of the sit of Chicago. He grew up most partly in the city and then partly in a suburb adjacent to the city so but somehow at some point um i think he said when he was about eight years old his grandpa and dad decided to come to the town that i grew up in and fish and because it was a good lake for fishing for a very long time and it still is and um it's uh, far it was far enough away from the city to be considered the the exurbs or a rural area, so you could you know not competing with all the other fishermen out there. And here's the kicker: he came before I was born. His first time out in the lake, I was still a few years away from existence. So if that ain't weird, I don't know what to tell you. And as he got older, and as it came time for me to be to arrive, um he was still coming to the lake and he even came to the lake when i was a young girl and uh yeah so if that's not an overlap that says that there's a connection there i don't know what is uh it's, it's just too freaking weird to not be to be to be to to be that random however i mean it's something that i haven't really explored in terms of the soul contract but it's you know, if you want a, uh, how do I put it, a non-spiritual thing or the connections that it's supposed to be, there you go. Anyway, uh, so here we go back to the, this old contract stuff. He jumped first before I did and took the plunge. And I said, and I know, I know when I, before he incarnated, I looked at him and I said, do you really want to do this again? Do you really want to live this life knowing that, you know, what kind of a person it is that you are going to be, uh, you know, who is going to be your parent? Because one parent was a wonderful person, the other parent was a not-so-wonderful person. He says, I need this. I need to do this. And you and I have been together so much, I need to do something different. I need to have something different in my my build. Because it's who I am, it's what I do, it's what I need. And I said it's fine because one of the things when you're on the other side is is that you know how deep the bonds are and how very hard they are to break unless you really want to break them and you're not threatened by somebody who's your soulmate going off to live with somebody else and to get the experience that they need to be with that other person so I at that time I said fine it's gonna be what it's gonna be now here's the weird part. And so I know that when I saw what was going on, I knew I had to go down there to help him. But why did I take so long? I don't know. It um, it may have been, I, I, I could have argued with myself. I said, I don't need to incarnate. I don't need to incarnate. He needs to do this. But it, I think at some point it became clear that there was going to come a point in his life where he needed me. And it was strongly encouraged that I, d- I also take the jump. So I did. Here I am, talking to you on this podcast, and he's physically dead. And you know what? We agreed to do this bullshit before he died. The alteration in the contract was, I really wasn't going to come. I had no intention of coming, of being there, of doing another go-round. But his life was going so badly that... The damage that was being done in his young years was going to damage him further as an, a, was going to make him more damaged as an adult. And if I hadn't come, he would have committed suicide. And not that it's, the, there's no judgment on suicide now, but he would have committed suicide and screwed himself up with what he came to do. So I'm not painting myself into a savior. I'm, what I am saying is that, his contract and my contracts we both went back and rewrote them and i said all right fine i'm doing this uh, to save your to save your ass but it's not cool because i know i'm going to be stuck here because i have other people that want my help and um <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna i am going i do not get to die young so yeah anyway that's personal stuff and i know it as clear as day because I, you just, there's certain things you know in your bones, this is one of them, that I'm going to be around for quite some time. Even he has said it, and I still get, I'm so sorry I did this, and I still just like, yeah, shut the hell up. I say, obviously, a little more uh, swear words, but yeah. So, that's a bone of contention, but bone of contention between the two of us, but it's something that I've learned to live with and deal with. Him on the other hand still feels like a guilty asshole and I'm just not about to let him off the hook on it. So this is a part of the reason why he's here as a guardian and guide for me because he's like I'm here for the rest of your life and I totally believe him on that because he'd rather my ass I kick his ass now than later. Anyway, so that is the you know this the, the shorthand version uh, and best way to explain why our paths seem to go so wrong um, if you were to look at it from that point of view of it going wrong and actually it didn't go wrong. it went the way it's supposed to. it just sucks. so you know there you go um, in that regard, so I don't think I've got anything further in that. Avenue, and the, it seems it seems like the, the, I've I can feel dead ends, which means I've come to the end of that particular piece of information, and I've gotten out something a little personal that I've known for a while. So we're on to, and there I go again, and we're on to the whole um, the near death experience and how the other side can influence our contracts and make us change them or just change them whether we like it or not, and. Again, do not think of this as something that we should be resentful or bitter upon from the other side. if somebody from the other side says we need more time, it's for good reason. So in Ken's case, and I'll never forget this because it was burned in my head. uh, And we're going on over a decade ago when this happened. When he had his first heart attack. He should have been dead on the table. Um... But somehow he was one of those people who was able to be shocked back into a normal, into a semi-normal sinus rhythm and live. Uh, he got lucky, or so you'd think. Turns out, so he comes back on, you know, and says what, you know, into the group that we were all together from. And he got asked what the hell happened to him and where has he been. And he says, well, I almost died and here I am. Um, somebody asked him the inevitable question. What did you see when you were technically dead? And he goes, nothing. Nothing at all. It was all black. Because the person who asked the question was asking it in a bit of a public forum. And it was not a question he cared to answer because he did not want to open up that can of worms. For himself or for the rest of the group. And it was already bad enough he was known as the bad boy of the group. So, you know, why make it worse? Not long after he died... I, this is how quickly I knew about this, and it was part of. It was partly him telling me, "Man, I, I'm, you know, this is why. This is what happened. And if this is anything that that proves my affection, my love, and connection to you, this is it." When he died, he did see somebody. In fact, he saw his mother, and his mother, who was one tough cookie, looked at him and said, "It ain't your time yet," and kicked his ass back into this into the side of things. Yes his mother said it's not time and kicked him back oh she i'm tired i take that back she says it's not your time you still have people to meet and there's still someone you have to meet specifically but she wouldn't name name that person and i think we can figure out who she who that person was because this is you know it's me sitting here talking about this and uh He'll, he he, he, was, he danced around that for a long time, but I, I had to infer, because that's his way of beating around the bush, he's really damn good at it, uh, that the person he had to meet was me. I was here for him, and he wasn't allowed to check out early, even though he tried really damn hard with the way his life, he lived his life. So, he got kicked back. We had another six years. I mean, it was almost a total of six, it was actually a little more than six years From the day we met to the day he died, and um, yeah, so it's a near death experience, but again, it's an example of how a contract got altered. I am not unique, we are not unique, people have these things happen to them all the time. It's just how aware they might be of this being a a thing is probably very minimal. There's probably not a whole lot of people who are aware of it. I'm aware of it because I'm a medium. And I ask these questions, and I get these answers, and sometimes I even, I don't like them. Sometimes I'm just like, are you kidding me? That really sucks. Or, that doesn't make any sense, but my God, it does. You know, and there's a lot of, so it's not always, this is why I'm practical, it's not always happy, happy, joy, joy, positive stuff. There's, you know, there's not, there's stuff that's not that happy. And I'll be honest, I mean, right now I probably am banging on that a little too much, but it's because I try to keep a balance, um, you know, the happiness and the, the sadness, the, the, hap- the, the good, the bad, you know, and all that stuff. Uh, it's, it's all in balance. And it's like the, the time he and I had together were some of the best years of my life. We never got the opportunity to get married. But my ex said to me that had we gotten married, he would have been there to give me away because Ken made me so happy. You know, one of those things where you're just like, oh my God, why didn't he live longer? But because he wanted to be out sooner than later, this is what happened. Um, And here I am going, God damn it, I'm needed by people now. And these are people that actually asked me for help, I kid you not, before I incarnated for the next time around my past landlady um i helped her pass crossover and um apparently in a previous life and this is nothing i've dug into because i don't really want to for various reasons but my uh you know my mentor said that she kept hearing uh you helped me now it's your turn to help you know to return the favor again not contractual but i did agree to it and I landed in that building for a reason to help her see her out of this world. So, you know, that's what how that worked out. Um, so, the good thing is with the neighbor, the one that downstairs, I had no such contract. Oh, thank the freaking gods. But um, there was a relationship between me and my old landlady in another life that left me with something feeling like I, I needed to do something for her in return. Now... I haven't, haven't a feel. You know, I take this attitude that you owe nobody anything, that you don't, um, you don't have to feel debts of gratitude towards people unless you feel there's a really compelling need to. And I'm just fixing something in the background. Um, and um, when somebody gives you a gift, you say thank you, and you don't necessarily should feel the need to return it because a gift is something that you don't. Altruistically, if somebody gives you something as a gift, they are not necessarily expecting something in return, unless they're a manipulative narcissistic piece of crap. But um, you know, and we gifts we do feel obligated to return gifts. I will say that to give something back, and I did that recently myself for somebody who did something very sweet for me. But again, it is a conscious decision. It is something that you do willingly and you do it of your own free will as opposed to being compelled to do it in a contract. So again, and I'm going to say once more, I don't have the entire um, story on that because I really don't want to dig in there because that last place was 18 years of hell for the most part. But. You know i learned lessons there and i will never repeat those things in my life that i did there and it's it was valuable and it's my life's contract was to be there to experience that so uh having gotten that all out i'm I'm trying to think and i've like i'm now coming to the end of my flow and i think i've covered things as best as i can now, sometimes there are topics that I feel like I can spend hours on, and this is one of them, but because this is a podcast and I try not to make your ears bleed for too long, I try to keep them short and overview-ish as opposed to in-depth. So I apologize that there seems to be some missing corners here and uh, some, some pieces that I haven't, put pu- I haven't put in all the puzzle pieces. But I do my best to try to give you the general idea of how to view the life contract, if you've ever heard of it, or the soul contract. And how to understand that when you agree to meet somebody, oh yes, I'm sorry. Before I close out, I have to talk about the uh, the soul group. and I'm, Because this really doesn't fit necessarily into any one podcast, so this will also be a soul contract thing. Okay, so I go to a gym here in Chicago that has been around for a very long time. And it's more of a social club than it is a gym. And people, when they come to join this gym, um, very frequently they come and stick around for decades. There are people there that I've met that were there the day the gym was opened almost 30 years ago. They are still coming because they have an affinity for the place. It's not an addiction. It's an affinity. And one day I'm, uh, and and the, the people that work there for the most part are very wonderful people they are there and they enjoy the job even though they might grouse about their employer who doesn't um they want to come there because they like the people they work with and you know in many cases they love the people they work with on a on platonic level so one day it was a, i was uh at the front desk as i frequently am because people uh, it's a, it's not always the most exciting job and people like to sit and talk that work there so i get caught talking and that day i was of course sitting there talking. And it was a shift change time so we went from one person at the front desk to the other person who was working the front desk and i think about five-ish six-ish people coming off the shift and stopping because you know everybody's friends with one another and they're stopping and talking on their way out the door and it, it, it's wonderful to see on just a normal uh level but what i saw that day was fascinating all of a sudden in my mind's eye I see yellow dots, just not, nothing sinister, just yellow dots on everybody's chest. And they're moving and the dots are moving with them like they were clothing. Then all of a sudden, a network of yellow lines comes and connects everybody, you know, connects all the dots. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm looking at a soul group. I'm looking at a group of people who agreed in their contracts that they were going to meet up and they were going to meet up at this gym. And seriously, they were going they may not have known the name of their gym before they incarnated incarnated or maybe they did. It doesn't really make a difference here because the fact of the matter is they all met each other and have all made their friendships and whether those friendships last lifetime or fade out, it's still they managed to meet and have a good time with one another, and enjoy their company until life changes again. So it was a fascinating insight to see why people work at this gym the way they do, why some stick around for decades, why others come and go quickly, and um, why. it's the same with the members. There's soul groups, but I don't get the members together in such a clump at once to see if there's any connections. And I never asked for the vision, it just comes in my head. and looking at this, going, "Oh my God, this is this is really pretty freaking cool what I'm watching right now." So, and it really was wonderful to see that these people's connections go deeper than just the the casual friendship and of employee of being working together. Okay, and I'm done. <laughs> it's like I know I shifted my my gears too quickly there, but that was the um, the the best I could do for giving insight and overviews. If there's again. Anything that I've left untouched or left, you know, there's something that, you know, an opinion, whatever, and you'd like me to address it in a future podcast, I am more than happy to do so. Just drop me a line and my email will be down in the box, as always. And uh, it uh, will, you know, you can just say, hey, can you cover this? And I'll say, sure, I can cover that, no problem. Oh, on that note, I'm going to go and unwind and chill out for the next day and see what i'm doing tomorrow because i'm still not sure yet love working from home it's not as uh, it's not as all roses and peaches and cream as you might think but some but the freedom is probably about the best part of it anyway on that note as i was trying to say i am going to sign out for this podcast i don't have an idea of what i'm doing next time and it's if there's anybody who wants to throw a dart out at me and say hey can you talk about this there's an opportunity, you know, for a request. Otherwise, I'll just go down the list and uh, see what pops out at me. Be well. Thank you for listening, as always. And uh, enjoy the upcoming spring, if it ever gets here. Well, actually, I think that back. because We're still in February. What am I thinking? It's a leap year. we got some more time. Anyway, take care of yourselves all. And good night.